Welcome to The Bull and the Bear, a money and markets podcast. We give you the advice you need to know to make investing safe and profitable. With The Bull and the Bear podcast, you'll get exclusive access to some of the top thinkers, analysts, advisors, and gurus in the investment business. And now for your hosts, Matt Clark and Charles Sizemore. Hi, everyone. I'm Matt Clark, research analyst with Money and Markets here with your weekend edition of the Bull and the Bear podcast. Now, as is tradition uh, on the weekends, I will be bringing in uh, Money and Markets Chief Investment Strategist Adam O'Dell and Greens and Fortunes uh, co-editor Charles Sizemore here shortly. Um, but I do want to make sure that you're checking out moneyandmarkets.com every day because uh, that is where we provide you safe, sound, smart, simple, profitable investment information for your portfolio. Charles, Adam, myself, our entire team work diligently and, uh, and very hard each and every day of the week, uh, Sunday to Saturday, all seven days, to make sure that you are uh, updated and what's new in the market and what you need to know uh, to uh, bolster your portfolio earnings. And uh, you can sign up for our free daily e-letter. You can do that at moneymarkets.com and you'll get that, that information delivered to your inbox for free. Now I wanna jump right into it. I usually kind of have a whole spiel where I, I, I talk about a wealth of other things we have going on, but I wanna jump right into today's conversation uh, because you know, if you remember, and most, most people do, and, and investors certainly do, that in March of 2020, the stock market was, was rattled by co the COVID-19 pandemic. This is when we experienced uh, one of the largest market drops uh, that we've seen in, in recent memory. Uh, infections uh, for COVID infections reaching all-time high. Investors were selling off their investments like wildfire. Between March 4th and March 11th, the S&P 500 dropped 12%, and that put it into a bear market. And then on March 12th, the very next day, the index fell another nine and a half percent, its biggest one day decline since 1987. Uh, the decline carried on through March before stocks started to rebound slightly in April. And then of course, now we know where they're at today. But in the weeks that followed the crash and re really very in very short order, one thing rose farther and faster than anything else, and that's gold. Um, between March 22nd and March 23rd, the price of June COMEX gold futures rose from about $1,500 to 1660 uh, an ounce. That's a 6% jump in one day. And with that kind of value, that's a very impressive jump. By, by August, gold had surpassed the $2,000 mark. Uh, and, and it just seemed to kind of, it had an indication it was going to keep going and keep going. But as you can see uh, on, on our video, we're show, I'm showing you a chart here, that investors started to pull back out of their hedge positions in gold and got back into stocks. Uh, that pushed gold prices down to around $1,700. Uh, and it's trading at around 1780 an ounce right now, those, those June COMEX futures uh, at present. Now, recently gold prices uh, hit a seven-week high mark, uh, but the future is still very uncertain. And that's why today uh, I want to bring in Chief Investment Strategist Adam O'Dell, Greens and Fortunes co-editor Charles Sizemore, and I want to talk about the immediate past and the future of gold, because I think there's a lot of interest here, uh, whether you're actually holding bullion in storage or maybe you're into gold-related stocks. Uh, or things like that. But I'm going to jump right into it. And first off, Charles, welcome. Why did gold prices rise so far so fast in the middle of 2020? Well, gold is that ultimate doom hedge. When you are worried that the bottom is falling out and the end of the world is coming, uh, gold is, 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 well, always has been considered a safe haven there. Uh, same with treasuries. Uh, gold and treasuries, even though you might think of one being sort of an inflation hedge, the other being a deflation hedge, they're both crisis hedges. And so that's mostly what we saw when it, the world was shutting down. Everybody was scared. No one really knew what the virus was. All they knew was, oh, my gosh, they're shutting all the businesses. Everything's I mean, what, what's happening here? This is zombie apocalypse. I don't know what's going to happen next. 
I'm going to buy some gold just in case. And it wasn't just gold futures or gold stocks. People wanted the physical, like they wanted the coins or the bars in their house. There was a massive, like this is, this kind of gets lost in the detail, but there was a huge premium for owning the physical. People were paying, in, I mean, I remember at one point, I had a guy tell me that he paid, I want to say it was almost double the, 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 the quoted price in order to have it in his hands. That's insane. You shouldn't do that. That's overpaying for insurance, of course. But when people are scared, they do things like that. That's, that's what happens. So the big pop we saw in gold was exactly that. People were scared to death and they ran to something that they thought would have some sort of store of value. Apart from shotgun shells and canned goods, gold is kind of that, that crisis. It, it's, it's third in line. After shotgun shells and canned goods, it's third in line as that crisis hedge. So that's, that's exactly what we saw last year. Pallets of spam and pallets of gold bars. <laughs> now, conversely, Adam, why did the, pri why did the prices of gold, price of gold start to fall off later in the year? What was, what, you know, if, if, if people are still, you know, this was still at a point where coronavirus infections were still rising, infection, uh, you know, as far as vaccine was still very unclear, but yet, you know, gold prices started to taper off, almost thinking that fear is gone away. But was that the case? Yeah, I'll answer that question in a minute, but let me first back up and tell the first part of Charles' story. I mean, Charles talked about why gold uh, rallied, uh, you know, from April onward, uh, late March onward. But let me tell you why uh, it sold off first, because we actually, in my home run, home run profits uh, options trading service, we had a gold position on through the entirety of the Corona crash. And it was very ironic in a very bad way. I put on a bullish gold stock position on February 18th, which was one day prior to the absolute top in stocks, February 19th. So it was really bad timing on that entry. Uh, so I had that gold stock position as well as a utilities sector position and a, and, um, a communications sector position. And all of those positions drew down about 90% uh, in through the meat of March when everything was selling off. You know, correlations go to one during a crisis, everything was selling off. I was kind of surprised that the gold stocks were selling off because as Charles mentioned, everybody flocks to gold and gold backed investments uh, during crises. But what that what was happening there was one, it was two things. One, it was just a panic driven sell off. So everything was getting sold. And then it was also a liquidity cascade, meaning that people were getting margin calls and they were having to sell good investments to, to fund margin calls and, and to you know, recapitalize their, their books. So everything was getting sold off. It was like, you know, throwing out the baby with the bathwater. So you saw things like treasuries and gold, everything was selling off. And that's a liquidity driven event. Those are always short term in nature, not longer term. So basically, uh, the way I risk managed out of that uh, crash was we cut our losses on, on all the positions except for gold. The only position I held, I told my subscribers to hold on was that gold stock position. And we held on through the Corona crash. Um, so we were down about 90% in that position. It was an options position, mind you. Uh, so we were down about 90% through March. But then by April 9th, the position was up 120%. And then by July, it was up almost 500%. So <clears throat> certainly gold sold off as, as a liquidity uh, cascade happened in March, but then it just rallied back super strong. Yeah, April through the summer through about August or so. Uh, so now to your question, why did it kind of pull back since then? Well, you have to realize that these fear, uh, these fear indicators kind of... Um, they proceed and they ease off sooner than the crisis is over. So if you look at the VIX, I actually called the top in the VIX. It was uh, basically um, 
March 19th or so. I said, this is probably the top of the VIX. And even if the crisis continues, I had no idea that the crisis was going to last over a year, uh, but I did think it was going to last longer than a few months. And I said, even if the crisis continue and things get worse with uh, cases and deaths, uh, this is the top of the VIX because everybody gets freaked out in the, initially and then they get used to the idea that we're dealing with this. So the VIX topped early, um, you know, gold stocks topped uh, earlier than stocks. And basically by last summer, summer of 2020, everyone was used to the idea that we're living with coronavirus, we're going to muddle through it, we're going to get through it somehow. And they started rotating into, you know, tech stocks and all the, you know, pretty much every sector of stock has, has benefited from the, the recovery. And they were less interested in buying gold as a hedge. So that's why it's pulled back. Um, I do have charts, we'll, we'll do it, we'll show them later, but I do have a chart of gold showing that this is an ordinary pullback. And we do think another rally is going to get underway pretty soon. That leads me to uh, another question. And that is, you know, Adam, why are we starting to see gold prices come back, even as traditional equity stocks uh, are, are going up as well? I mean, doesn't that kind of seem to be counterintuitive or is there something else at play? You can't look at the correlation uh, too distinctly. What you have to realize is that the gold market went through uh, a, bull, a bear market while stocks were still continuing to rally. So, you know, precious metals topped in uh, late summer of 2011 and then they pulled back into 2016. So that's a four to five year bear market. And then they kind of dra dragged along the bottom from 2016 through 2018. Uh, we didn't see a bullish breakout of gold from the bottom until 2019. So you're talking about an eight year period of underperformance, uh, secular kind of like a longer term uh, bear market. And that, that's, you know, mean, meanwhile, stocks were going up the whole time. So um, I think that, you know, the breakout in 2019 was just the beginning of a longer term, you know, seven to 10 year bull market, secular bull market in precious metals. So I think that, you know, that's going to happen in that, that's going to happen in stages. So you get the first rally in the late last year, classic pullback right now, and then we're going to get the next leg up, uh, I think this year. So, um, you know, it's just a matter of the fact that they're, they're out of sync with uh, stocks right now. And you have to look at the, you have to look at the charts and the longer term uh, trends rather than just simply the correlation with stocks and what they're doing right now. Now, Charles, you had mentioned that, you know, you knew a lot of people or, or you know, and I think we had all known people that were really uh, actively looking for the physical gold, either the, the, the coins, the bars, you know, bullion, whatever they could get their hands on uh, during the coronavirus crash. Uh, you know, but another, what, what most investors do is instead of trying to buy the actual physical gold is they invest in gold related stocks. So what does this price movement that we're seeing now mean for gold related stocks? Well, let me, let me back up a second. So uh, kind of to, to piggyback on what Adam was saying, gold, well, really all commodities are subject to boom and bust cycles. When demand is high, production ramps up, then what happens? Prices start to fall because you flood the market with new production. So then what happens? Because market prices are falling, miners don't invest in, in, new, in new mines. You know, they don't expand existing mines. They, they scale back on production because it's not cost effective to do, it's not, it's not cost effective to keep pulling more gold out of the ground if prices are falling. So then what happens? Then prices start to rise again and then they start mining again. Well, there's always a lag because you can't just flip a switch. You know, gold mining is not quite like Saudi Arabian oil. You can't just flip a switch and just massively increase the supply or massively decrease the supply. It's, it's a process to get gold out of the ground, get it, get it to market. So that boom and bust cycle, there's always that lag, and, and that's, you know, that's, that's partly to play here. You asked me a question, and I actually don't remember what it was. You know, we, we, we're seeing this, this, this topsy-turvy movement in, in the price of actual gold. 
and, and while you know it's okay you know to want to try to buy the physical property the actual gold the, the bars the bullion a lot of investors turn to more gold related stocks miners sure. things like that so what is this price movement that we're seeing more specifically that we're seeing kind of the, maybe this bit of an uptrend slightly uh, in the price of gold or at least for comics futures what what does that price movement mean for gold related stocks so when people buy gold whether it's the physical or they, they buy a synthetic position and then like an etf or whatnot when they want position in gold itself usually their their thinking is hedging diversification etc now when you're buying the gold stocks gold stocks gold mining stocks i should say are really almost like a leveraged bet on the price of gold so it's more speculative so it's really a different mindset. If you're wanting to hedge, you're wanting diversification, you're wanting just something that doesn't move in sync with the market, you buy gold itself. If you're thinking, okay, because a lot of people are doing that, a lot of people are buying gold, the price of gold's likely to trend higher, I really wanna speculate here and make some money, then you buy the gold miners because if gold goes up, if gold doubles, well, gold miners might go up five to 10 times. And, you know, it's, they're really, you know, if you get, if you really hit a bull market in gold miners, right, you may never have to work again. Now, they're volatile. They can crash, too. I mean, it's not unusual for gold mining stocks to lose nearly all of their value. This, is, this can be a very volatile sector, so timing is really important here. But that, that's it. You know, what does this mean for gold mining stocks? Well, if the bull market in gold continues, and I do agree with Adam here that I think we are at the early stages here of a multi-year bull market in gold prices, precious metals prices in general, then the gold mining stocks should really amplify that. It should, whatever, you, whatever gold does, gold mining stocks should do more. Okay, now I'm gonna ask you both, and this is kind of the last question that I have in, in terms of kind of talking about gold. Uh, and I'll start with, with Adam. Look in your crystal ball for a second and maybe this is a good opportunity for you to pull up a chart on gold itself. Where do you see the future of gold prices through, let's say, 2021? Yeah, so uh, let me put on my Swami hat here. Uh, first of all, funny you use that language. I'm a chartered market technician, a CMT, uh, which is basically a technical analyst of, of stock prices. And I'm specifically uh, disallowed from saying that I can see the future with any type of uh, certainty, like like you just suggested. So, if anything, we just do an if if then analysis and uh, and projections. But certainly, uh, they're not uh, not seeing the future. So, good, good and in all and in all fairness, anyone who says they can see the future in terms of the market is probably not being completely honest with you. Absolutely, <laughs> humility is the name of the game here. But um, so I've just uh, shared my screen. Hopefully, you guys can see that. And uh, if you're listening to the podcast, check us out on YouTube. It's uh, Money and Market, Money and Markets, um, the Bull and the Bear podcast. So you can actually see the visuals. Uh, you can see our mugs each week, and, and we'll share some charts as well. But um, what I'm showing here is a longer-term uh, perspective on GLD, the, the most heavily traded Spider Gold Trust ETF. And uh, what you can see here is on the far left of the chart, it starts in mid 20, 2006, and we had a bull run from 2006 to late 2011, as I mentioned earlier. And then this is the uh, this white line here, this horizontal line, which on GLD is at about 125, 128 price. Um, market's just open. So what you see there is uh, that's called the, the, the neckline of a bottoming pattern. So you can see that prices topped out in 2011. They fell in fits and starts down through a low in early 2016. 
And then after 2016, we started seeing uh, the beginnings of a bullish uptrend, but really prices went sideways. I mean, prices never really deviated from 120 on GLD. You got a little bit of higher highs and a little bit of higher lows, but really you hadn't broken above this 125, 128 level until uh, middle of 2019. So really, I mean, it, it was a thankless job to be a gold investor, to be invested in gold mining stocks for about uh, five to six years. And to Charles's point about gold, gold mining stocks being a leveraged bet on uh, the, the price of physical gold, uh, you know, one of the reasons that is, is uh, if gold companies can figure out how to get lean during the bad years, when the product they sell is selling for dirt cheap prices, they have to cut costs and hold back uh, CapEx investment, and they have to really pinch their pennies and make sure that they're running a lean. It, it requires discipline to be a gold mining company that comes out the other side of a five to six year bear market in the price of gold. But the, the spoils that go to those companies is that when the gold price increases by one or two or three fold, uh, those lean companies have cut costs so low that almost all of the additional price of gold that they can sell at market goes to their profit margins. So you can see hugely expanding profit margins very quickly. And that's really why you can get that the boom and bust effect in gold stocks. But, but back to this chart, um, you can see basically in summer of 2019, you had a bullish breakout of GLD above this 125 level, a bit of a pullback. Let me see if I can draw it here. Very short term pullback at this point, kind of a consolidation pattern. And then we had a rally out of that consolidation pattern here. Uh, now this spike here that you see is the Corona crash. Okay, so you can see it basically went vertical is very v-shaped it went uh, straight down and then straight back up at another little um, consolidation pattern and then a strong rally into august of last year now let me expand this chart a bit so i want to show you more of the pattern that we've been in recently and this is why folks have not really been talking about gold recently is the price of gld has fallen from this peak in august of about 190 192 down to a low of about 160 so it's not a huge pullback but it's certainly, as everything else has been rallying, um, you know, gold has not been an interesting investment more recently. So this is the pattern right here that I'm talking about. This is a classic consolidation pattern. It's, it's kind of like a downward sloping channel, a flag pattern. And you see that after rallies that have gone kind of too far too fast. So you get the first rally, uh, investors think, well, right, at these prices, I'm not gonna earn as much as I would have if I'd gotten at the beginning of this rally. Maybe I'll wait for a pullback to get back in. So that's really what we've seen since August of 2020. Um, so we're going on what you know eight months of or so of this pullback it's been very orderly and and not very uh volatile so it's just kind of this orderly pullback and now what we're starting to see more re uh, recently is higher lows and higher highs so that's telling me that the um the trend is starting to change from a, a downtrend pullback correction uh, more into an uptrend and we're and we're looking at making a bullish breakout of this channel. Um, so 170 on GLD is the price I'm looking for. If we can get a sustainable break above $170 on GLD, I think we'll be off to the races. Um, my kind of near-term forecast for GLD is $235, which would be about a 40% gain above 170. Um, I think that we can hit <clears throat> a portion of that, if not all of that, in 2021. Again, assuming that we can make a break above 170. So these are the chart patterns I'm looking at. Uh, I would be really surprised if GLD fell back, back below 155. That would be kind of the stop loss level of this pattern. Um, but I think that we're going to get over 170 pretty soon and then it'll be off to the races. Charles, your, your thoughts on the, on the future goal of gold prices, at least maybe through 2021? Well, while Adam <clears throat> cannot see the future, 
I, however, routinely journey into the desert and consume a hallucinogenic cactus that does allow me to divine the future. Oh, Lord. Um, uh, yes, anyway. Um, no, uh, I, I agree with Adam. I, I, don't, um, I don't pretend to know exactly what happens with gold, but I'll say this. Why would you not want to have some as a hedge right now? The Federal Reserve has nearly doubled its, its, uh, its balance sheet in, in the past year. And in fact, as I'm saying this, it may, may very well have surpassed that doubling mark. It's like right there at the, at, at the edge. In, in a world in which the Fed is creating new money at really unprecedented levels, it only makes sense to have some hedges. So what, what does that mean for gold? I would say gold is likely to at least, it's gold, the gold price at a bare minimum is likely to increase in line with the growth of the Fed's balance sheet, roughly. Yeah, it, it's not one for one, but roughly. And if you believe that gold should be in a solid uptrend for the next several years because of that, then owning gold mining stocks also makes sense. So uh, I don't have a specific price target, but my, my view here is so long as the Fed's very accommodative, it really, it, it doesn't make sense to not own gold. And I don't see the Fed's position changing anytime soon. Well, it's not. They flat out said it's not. It, like, they've said there's no change for at least the next year. And after that, it longer than it, that. I, well, I, no, I, after that, it's we'll see what we do. Like they exactly. have not said a year from now, we're going to make radical changes. It's we're not making any changes for a year. And then, well, we see. So uh, remember, after the last crisis, 2008, the Fed was still, you know, had its foot on the gas well into 2013. So yeah, you are talking about seven years later, they're still, you know, just full throttle there. So um, yeah, I mean, to me, uh, it's gold, I, who knows where it goes from here, but uh, the sky is really the limit. Great insights from uh, both uh, Adam O'Dell and Charles Sizemore. Appreciate you guys coming on uh, the podcast. Uh, make sure, and Adam kind of mentioned this as well, if you're listening to this as an audio podcast, I do invite you to go check out our YouTube channel. Uh, go to youtube.com. Make sure you search Money and Markets. You'll find us with the green bull and bear logo. Make sure you uh, click that, hit subscribe, uh, and you can also click the notification bell so you get notified each and every time we put out a new video. We're doing a lot of videos. Uh, we have a new video series, Ask Adam Anything. It's where I get the opportunity to sit down and ask Chief Investment Strategist Adam O'Dell anything. And I do mean just about anything. There's really not much that's off the table here, and it's all fueled by questions that you guys, uh, that you submit. So, uh, uh, and you can do that by uh, submitting them at feedback at moneymarkets.com. Also, Charles has his own video series now called Investing with Charles Sizemore. He gives you his take uh, on various stocks. He is a, a dividend stock guy. So if you are looking for, I don't want to box you into that corner, Charles. I mean, I know you're much more than that. But uh, I, I say that because, you know, a lot of people are really looking for, uh, you know, income with their, with their portfolio. And a, and a great way to do that is to find strong, uh, high-yielding dividend stocks. And, and Charles has a great take on that. Uh, he uh, puts out a new video each and every week uh, talking about uh, what investments he thinks are good for you or maybe some ones you should stay away from. Uh, check all those out on our YouTube channel. Of course, don't forget the Marijuana Market Update as well as this Bull and the Bear podcast. Uh, so leave, and leave us a review uh, on any of these uh, platforms. If you have a comment or question or anything, you can email us, uh, the Bull and the Bear at moneymarkets.com or leave a comment down below on our YouTube channel. We'd love to uh, uh, address any, any, anything you'd like us to take a look at. And head over to moneymarkets.com, sign up for our free daily e-letter uh, for your safe, sound, smart, simple, profitable investment information from uh, myself, 
from Adam O'Dell, Charles Sizemore, and our entire team at Money Markets, all working very, very hard. So uh, we'll have much, much more coming up. Go ahead, Adam. One last thing. We would be remiss to say that we, uh, to not say that in our uh, Green Zone Fortunes uh, monthly newsletter, which Charles and I run, uh, we have four precious metals positions on right now. They all four are buys right now at the current price. So we've written a special report on precious metals. I've recorded a video, a special presentation on precious metals. So we will link to that. Um, we are all three of us are, are quite bullish on gold and, and silver as well. So that's also in the report. So uh, if you want access to that, click on that link. And because uh, this is a high conviction trade for us. So. Absolutely. And he's absolutely right. The three of us are all uh, very bullish on precious metals, especially gold, silver. Uh, you know, and so it's definitely worth reading. We'll uh, try to leave you a link or maybe put you uh, put a little uh, thing up top here so you can click and find out more information on, uh, on, on Greens and Fortunes that Charles and Adam uh, work very, very hard on. Uh, and, and again, uh, a lot of stuff in the pipeline. We've got a lot more coming up. So make sure you uh, join us on YouTube or on your favorite podcast indicator. Until next time, everyone, for Charles Sizemore and uh, Adam O'Dell, I am a research analyst, Matt Clark, uh, host of the Bullner Podcast. Until next time, everyone, safe trading. You've been listening to The Bull and the Bear, a money and markets podcast. Tune in each week to hear insights on how to make investing safe and profitable for you. 